It's the cocktail hour that shakes and stirs up pharmacy. Welcome to PBN on the Rocks. EBC. I can't believe they're still pushing that. I thought they'd give up. <laughs> it reminds me when Coke, when, when Coke tried, you know, when Coke did that debacle all those years ago. Oh, the new Coke. Oh, yeah. <laughs> let's yeah. call it new Coke. That's a good idea. Such a bad idea. But, you know, I mean, like, you know, I guess they're going to double down on this completely terrible idea. All right. Well, uh, the first and most important question is what is everybody drinking tonight? I have a Tia Maria here. Okay. That sounds really good, actually. What about you, Lord Dr. Jeremy? I've got an iced Irish whiskey. Ooh. And nice. I will then transition into iced whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> Why iced? I'm not going to drink warm whiskey. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Shannon, what are you drinking? Uh, well, it is cold and rainy. Unlike two days ago when it was warm and sunny. So um, I am drinking a hot toddy. Oh, that sounds nice. <laughs> so, nice. I swear, I, the weather is so weird this year. I have decided that it's not that Mother Nature went off her meds. It's that the PBMs denied her her meds. It's the PBMs. There you go. <laughs> yeah, you know that happened. They probably did some non-medical switching on her meds. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, she's been, she's having to do fail first protocols. You know, sorry, it worked really well, but we get a better rebate on these. So sorry, Mother Nature. <laughs> these instead. Hey, Lauren, what are you drinking? A Paloma. That sounds so good. I had a Paloma on Sunday. What is a Paloma? I've never heard of it. Tequila, grapefruit, and a splash of soda. Oh, that's delicious. So I'm drinking an espresso martini. I mean, dessert before dinner always. Mark, tell us about your big Optum win. Well, uh, unfortunately, they did, I just found out today they uh, they denied publication. But in any way, it's still a binding decision on Optum. So it's very big because California law applies to this piece of crap contract. And um, it was very resounding opinion. Actually, it was even more more emphatic than I expected. So um, what they said about how basically it's just shoved down pharmacy's throat. They don't even get to see it. They're not asked to approve it. It's just dictated to them. And it's blatantly unfair. So it's what we've been saying for years. It's good to see it in writing with three judges signing off on it. Yeah. And, was uh, there a reason they wouldn't uh, publicate that? I have no idea. I really just don't. A majority of their opinions they don't publish. The official reason is, is that there's nothing new about it. There's nothing new in the law here. You know, we have an argument in Wisconsin tomorrow. Uh, the judge in Wisconsin was very interested in this opinion. Uh, we had a very good argument there a couple of weeks ago. And um, we'll see. But they're definitely on the run now. I mean, yep. now there's no place to hide. Yeah, they got to start feeling a little cornered whenever, like, even the politicians are changing what they're saying from just a little while ago and coming out with strong language that, Really, they had reserved almost exclusively for the drug manufacturers. Now they're turning it on PBMs. Right, so, right. But it's nice to see. Right. And I really think Eli Lilly and everyone else coming out and like talking about uh, what they're going to do with insulin prices just shows right there what did, this is doing. Did Novo Nordisk also say they're dropping the price? I heard mm-hmm. another. another. Yeah. So Everyone's what does, it mean? does this mean they're not going to pay rebates anymore? How can they? How can they afford to drop the price? 
You're right. I don't know if anybody really knows. I mean, that's such yeah. a good question. They can but afford the backlash, it. They, if they cut out the rebates, they can drop it that low. Well, I know. They, they have don't to cut out money. the rebates. Yeah, they have to cut yeah. out the rebates. So it's just one of the biggest examples. And it's a real world example where we show if you cut these fuckers out, it will actually bring down costs. And despite what all the health mm -hmm. economists who blew smoke up everyone's asses said for years, I want every single one of them to kiss my ass because they will get <laughs> online and argue. Can you say that on Twitter? Like, like, oh, in trouble? this pharmacist doesn't understand. <laughs> Bitch, look at this fucking shit. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. The backlash has been interesting, or at least what I've seen. You know, a lot of people, uh, they think it is the manufacturers 100% that they were just, you know, ripping off the public this entire time, which is frustrating because there's not enough transparency still on the manufacturing side to be able to mm -hmm. say this was not right. the case, but for sure, the rebates, for sure. And the fact that it's happened and that they're demonstrating that you know, they can make these cuts and rebates be damned, I think is a good step in the right direction. Yep. So, yeah. Wasn't it reported that within like a day of Lilly announcing that they were doing, you know, like a bottom out on pricing that they were dropped from major insurance plans, formularies? Yes. Mm -hmm. Caremark I plans. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which plans? Caremark. If that doesn't say yeah, something right that. there. Unbelievable. Yep. That's I why mean, when you're like, referring to Mother Nature, as if it were like under a PBM plan, a PBM would push a hurricane because they could take a cut of all the like the reconstruction <laughs> that's money. A great line. That's a great weather. line. That's a great line. <laughs> I mean, in the ladies were bear, wear a big sign on their chest saying we are corrupt. You know, it's yeah. like exactly. unbelievable. unbelievable. I don't even think they care anymore. I think I think they're pretty much like, yeah, you know, we're corrupt. But what are you going to do about it? Because we've got all the lives. So you want to have mm. access to patients. You got to deal with us. Yes, we are Satan. <laughs> mm -hmm. We have the revenue of a small nation. What are you going to do? That's yeah. pretty much what they've done. Pretty much. They're horrible. They really are. Which is why this whole rebranding campaign, which is hands down the worst rebranding campaign I've ever seen since probably New Coke. <laughs> For all those young people who were listening a long time ago before you were born, Coca-Cola decided to try this thing where they made New Coke. And I don't know, some of us think it was a giant hoax just so that they could then get like yeah. on the old Coke. They got they got a lot of a lot of free publicity out of it. Yeah, they did. Good you Lord. know that they paid someone a huge amount of money to like look at all this and be like, the problem is People think the word manager is bad. <laughs> no, that's what happened. It got a Absolutely. fucking team yeah. together, and that's what they came up with: was manager is bad. If you change this, this might be better. Yeah, oh, use yeah. company. Companies yeah. is much better because oh, companies are so warm and fuzzy. Yeah, <laughs> they should have made made PBB pharmacy benefit buddy. <laughs> for your pharmacy benefit buddy with like a little stuffed animal logo you know like, like, oh god with friends like those who needs enemies mark oh my god that's <laughs> awesome here comes kettles the pharmacy benefit vampiric panda <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh no they i was watching a texas hearing yesterday because i'm a huge fan of dr tom oliverson but there was a, a new face. Uh, she is for Texans for Affordable Healthcare. And I know that oh, we've talked God. about this, you know, on some of the putt boards and um, 
different threads and things like that about how that's just basically a cover up for PCMA. But they have changed their websites and they took PCMA off of their websites. Uh Finally, whoever at their marketing decided this is a bad idea. And Mm. so Dr. Oliverson asked her after she was done who it was that funds her because he wasn't aware of her advocacy group and any of that. She refused to tell him and just said, oh, we can't let our donors become public. And uh, he said, well, is it a Fortune 500 trade group? Who Who is it that is funding you? And she said, oh, it's just the Americans for uh, healthcare affordability. And so it's the same spiel that they give in all the states, but that's usually who they have put out different letters to the editor and a ton of social media things. And it's just, they were opposing Senator Cantwell's bill today that was heard in the committee. And so it was just interesting to see their rebranding because she mentioned, she said, oh, well, we've gone through a rebranding. I'm like, oh, of course you have. So <laughs> they're, they're doing it on all of their platforms, all of their stuff. So it's not just changing from PBM to PBC or WTF or whatever they're going to call themselves. They're, called, they're really changing, you know, trying to make it look like they have more people in their corner because there's legislators that are not believing anything they're saying. And they're having a hard time in these committee hearings, really answering those questions when they're put on the spot of, well, who's funding you? Because it's clearly not the patients that are getting screwed. They're not signing up in droves for you. Is it the employers that you're gaslighting and saying that you're passing the savings on? Who is it? So that was interesting to actually see uh, a chair of a committee go after them like that. I want to see the employers get pissed once the FTC shit comes out. Like if mm-hmm. they release a lot of that, you know, the employer's got to be mad. They shouldn't mm-hmm. be. Oh, absolutely. They just say, and the questions that a lot of people are asking now are, you know, is this savings going back to the patient? Because the legislators are hearing from the patients. They're mad. They're not typically hearing from, besides the pharmacy business owners, they're not typically hearing from a business owner or an HR person. So they don't see that. They hear PCMA say, oh no, they're sending those rebates or they're passing those through to the plan sponsor or the employer, and that's lowering the premiums. But no business owner that I've spoken to in the last three years have had a premium go down. So they're not really yeah, passing no, on that savings. No. That's like having a, a sale on an item that you overcharged on just so you can keep your profit. So that came absolutely. up today in the Arizona hearing. So here in Arizona, we're running a PBM regulation bill. It's a very small bill. We're one of just a handful of states that doesn't currently have uh, any kind of a licensure requirement on PBMs, which is amazing when you think about that, because a few years ago, like nobody had licensure PBMs. Now we're finally joining the ranks of everybody else. And even, even though, you know, we did negotiate really hard just to get this bill and all it really does is give our department of insurance, some jurisdiction over the process of patients complain. Even then, the, the PCMA lobbyist went to the front. She's like, oh, we're neutral on this bill. And then she started arguing for how really there is recourse. There's recourse for patients. There's recourse <laughs> for providers. And as she was painting the picture of the recourse, you could just see the legislators, except for, except for one who probably made an agreement to be on the side of the insurers. But you could just see the picture she was painting was one of that sort of like cycle that people get stuck in. You have recourse. Sure you do. You call to complain to the PBM that's owned by the insurer. The insurer ostensibly 
can do something about it, except they're not going to because they're making tons of money off of their PBM, which they own. And then when you go to the Department of Insurance to try to get some recourse, they're like, sorry, we actually don't have any authority. Here's the law. The law covers this much. And the area you're talking about is outside of our jurisdiction, right? So, but she's up there arguing for it, which is what they do, you know, create confusion, create layers, create complexity where there doesn't need to be any. And what it does is it intimidates people. And I think you're right, Lauren. I think that patients are fed up with it and thank God that they are And there because some of the most compelling stories that I've heard have come from, you know, parents and caregivers and the patients themselves. Isn't that the definition of not neutral? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, When you're opposing something, yes. I mean, they argue we have recourse. Who outside of Deb has won a MAC pricing dispute? Like, it doesn't happen. They just ignore you. Yeah, well, yeah, I I can give you data on that. Yeah. 95% (laughs) we've got denial rate. (laughs) 95% denial rate. Wow. Wow. So, Mark, I want to go back to your your lawsuit. I was reading the decision on that. It was so, so, so encouraged. I was curious about the dissenting. Well, he was was a concurring opinion. Not naming any names of those judges, but I was kind of curious because he seemed to be saying, It's a shame. That was, well, they kind of have some responsibility because they contract contract their PSAOs. Well, the first of all, what was very weird about her opinion was she relied on two sources, the GAO report and the law review article. Now, and I went back and looked at this. Although they have used the GAO report in a lot of cases, they didn't use it in that case that I could find anywhere. So if you look in there, at one point, the majority says in a footnote, she's relying on a bunch of things that are not even in the record, which is a complete no-no. Complete no-no. You have to base your decision on what's the record before the court. No one was cheering for her during yeah, her I can confuse the issue. And she actually contradict, she contradicted in her opinion the things she said in the argument. What's useful about it, from my point of view, is that they have used the GAO report in other cases. And what I've said in other courts, wants to be a little prophetic here, I say, if you believe everything in that GAO report, we think it's complete BS, but if you believe everything in it, we still win. And what she said, I believe everything in it, and they still win. So, um, you know, from that point of view, it's it's good. Yeah, she was like the judge equivalent of that legislator who, before they vote, they say, I'm going to explain my vote. And then they go on and on yeah. and on with a bunch of rhetoric nobody really cares about. And then they, at the end, they'll say something like, and so I vote yes. Or <laughs> so I vote no, right? And the whole time you're like, you could have just voted yes or no mm-hmm. and not said any of that. Cause all that stuff you just said is not even remotely relevant to anything. It's like some fever dream. Like that happened in my hearing. This guy's on and on and on and on forever. I'm sure he's still talking. I don't know. Then he was like, and so I vote no. <laughs> okay, thank you. We you all know, I, 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 I uh, once spent three days <laughs> in the US Supreme Court because I had a case down there. So I was there for. I figured I better watch a couple of these because I've never seen any before. So I'm there for three days. And Justice Breyer was like that. He just wanted to hear himself talk. He just wanted to hear himself talk. <laughs> and he wanted to show how he's the smartest guy in the room. So he would just go on and on and asking this questions and then this dialogue. And it was exactly the same thing. So she I don't know anybody like that. <laughs> and since she was being paid by the word, I think she you know, really got value in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, so, it's 
with that win, it makes all of your cases in California in that district. You'll be able to bypass arbitration, correct? Not yet. No, no, no. We're sure that because they changed the clause after you know they changed the clause, so now they're fighting over the new clause. Ah, gotcha. So now we got to say they can't change it retroactively. We lost that in an issue in Orange County. Can't change it retroactively. We had judge said they can. So I will hope that this will now, because they said it right in this opinion, you can't change it retroactively. And that's why I guess they pay attorneys like the big bucks or whatever, because that also is happening, I guess, in, in Arizona with the DIRP case with AIDS Healthcare Foundation. I heard that they were now changing the contracts so that the win that that you know the AIDS Healthcare Foundation had, no one else could really get that. Now, now that's that not, I have explained that well. Who, who did you hear that from? Because I hadn't heard that. I'm going to have to go back and and check my source. I'll tell you who it was. No, they definitely changed the arbitration clause um, to say that you couldn't use. You know, everything is super secret. And you can't use any ruling in any other case in this case, and can't share any information. It, it's, it's just, you know, what can I say? It's absurd. Who gets to write their own rules, you know? Yeah, they have they get so to write their power. Own they rules. can do what they want. They ignore laws. I mean, they do. Yeah, they and do. then they'll get a slap on the wrist for fines. I mean, they get caught every single year committing straight up uh, Medicare, Medicaid fraud. And it's just slap on the wrist, slap on the wrist. No one does anything about it. So that's why, that's exactly why I think they can get away with like rebranding to PBCs, even though it's terrible. They're used to just doing whatever they want and it works. Like there's no failure for them. Right. I'm thinking there might be value in suggesting they switch over to pharmacy benefit buddy or pharmacy benefit panda. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. PBPs? Yeah, that sounds like <laughs> because I could write another letter to them. Dear PCMA, we have an idea for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but everyone listening, if you're not part of Mark's lawsuits, you need to get on that immediately. If you own a pharmacy, you need to get on that. Yeah, I'll, I'll yeah we, we, we really welcome more people, especially now more than ever. And uh, yeah, my dad's always asking for updates on it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Mark, you helped my you dad get into advocacy. Pardon? You helped yeah. my dad get into advocacy. Oh, did I? I let a Yes, he had, he's been a pharmacist for 50 years and he always said, I'll handle the pharmacy stuff and someone else can handle the advocacy stuff, which is how I sure. had to get involved. And whenever he heard about this lawsuit and he knew and Dave Falk talked to him about it, he was like, well, this is a no brainer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we sent in our reports and yep. it was very easy. And I was talking with a pharmacist myself today who is a member of that lawsuit. And that person was very, very excited about the progress that was being made. Yeah. You are doing really good work. Mark, though, it's, you. it's for all the you're, you're a rock star in this community, like shredding on PBMs and, and all the, the BS that they perpetrate. It's really great to know that you're out there doing this work and making this kind of difference. Because, you know, for us here at PUT, and by the way, for anyone who's listening who's not a PUT member, please consider joining us too, because things like what Mark's doing. Absolutely. Uh, but it, it there, we, we encounter so much, and there's not a lot of hope out there sometimes. And so it's great when something like what you're doing comes along and there are victories. And this mm -hmm. isn't your first. You're this is you yeah. had a string of victories. So there's there's something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
I wish we could take all of the resources from a certain organization and give them to Mark. <laughs> Which organization are you talking about, Jeremy? PCMA. I don't want it to get edited out. <laughs> P- PCMA. He means PCMA. PCMA. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's like the Mac pricing is huge. I thought they were going to come through for the DIR uh, lawsuit, and then it turned out that that wasn't happening at all. And then they just, okay, you got your way. It's moved to the front end. I guess we're done with DIR. No, that's not what we wanted. <laughs> oh my God. Now I got to tell all these people, sorry. <laughs> I straight up cannot feel this. Man, it's just one more really terrible thing about being the pharmacist in this thing. You know, I spend more time explaining to people, you know, like, you know, the pharmacist is in this equation. They're the one that has to break the bad news on top of the bad news to the patient. Like, oh, it's wow. already, this is the change in your coverage. Now it's going to be this much more money. You know, it, yeah. it's, it's terrible. It is terrible that you have to be the one breaking that news. Like, you know, like, I don't know if any of you ever saw that um, truly awful good rx commercial where the waitress comes walking in with her two babies in the middle of the night to get yeah. some medication she's like oh please don't let it be too much and, and the pharmacist is like i'm sorry it's you know six thousand dollars and you know clearly <laughs> and then the waitress is never like, seen okay. that commercial. <laughs> i love how the, discount the card pharmacist in the commercials always clamoring to use that good rx card like oh don't worry why can't any of us do that? <laughs> like we got, ain't got shit to do except run your shitty card, have it take a ding out of us, and it give you a higher price anyway. Oh. Yeah. Well, what would be great is if patients would be like, and I, mean, I know many of them are now, but if they would be like, hey, so like, let's just say I didn't use my insurance. How much would this cost? And we were talking with a pharmacy yesterday who was explaining about how one of her patients the insurance, this, is a, this, by the way, is a patient steering story, and we will definitely have her on a future episode because it's just so mm-hmm. egregious. But she was talking about how her patient gets this letter, and the letter's like, oh, sorry, you have to now go to the Walmart pharmacy. Her copay on this drug is $81. It's $81, at, wow. it's $81 at, at Walmart. But the drug, it's on the independent pharmacy's $6 cash list. $6 for this $81 drug, right? 81 at Walmart, 81 here, all through your insurance. And what happens is so, I just wish people could try to understand this. I know it's hard, but that $81, it doesn't go to the pharmacy. It no. doesn't go back to your plan. It goes back to the PBM. You'll pay mm-hmm. the $81 to the pharmacy. And then what happens is the PBM comes in like, thank you, we're gonna take that $81 and we're gonna give the pharmacy nothing. In fact, we're gonna actually make them pay for the privilege of even having interacted with you for this drug, this generic drug, right? Yeah, because according to CVS's lobbyists, we make so much money on the front end, we use our drugs as loss leaders. Who the fuck uses a (laughs) $1,200 drug as a loss leader? (laughs) Jesus, it's ridiculous. Well, that should tell you something about how much money they're making. $1,200 drug is a loss leader. It's like $1,200 milk. Yeah. Welcome to my grocery store. I can afford to give away the $1,200 milk as a loss leader. Check out our grass-fed beef section. You know, I can't afford any loss leaders. They're killing us right now. Mm-mm. It's ridiculous. Like it's gotten even worse this year, but I'm noticing a new trend. I think they're contracting us in like not their preferred networks or whatever. I think they're contracting us for like the 30 day supplies and saying, oh, well, this pharmacy's still in your network to full patients. And then lo and behold, after a few fields, they got to get a 90 day supply. And then I go to fill a 90 day supply and they're like, oh, no, no, you got to go to the 90 day supply pharmacy that we own. 
So it's like we're in network, but we're not in network. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I think that's their uh, new little game. I'm seeing that a whole lot more this year. Yeah, well, don't feel bad, Jeremy, because the PCMA lobbyist that was working on our bill here in Arizona wanted everyone to know that there's been a huge misunderstanding and they don't actually manage the pharmacy networks. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> yeah, sure. Huge wait, misunderstanding. Wait, wait. Didn't they also say that they don't create the pharmacy network? They don't create the networks. They don't do anything like wait, that. Wait, I thought we were valued partners. <laughs> yeah, she is the same one that last year said that to your valued partners. We love our pharmacy partners. We love them. We squeeze all yeah. of the money out of them. I'd like to show was... them how much I love them, but I get banned yeah. from Twitter again. <laughs> you just got back, Jeremy. Let's not put you just in got back. jail. I get banned again. <laughs> Whatever you do, don't use the words burn or down. No. Nope. Don't use the words burn oh. or down. Mm. Or tweet guillotines at their executives. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely don't do that. I'm a passionate man. I gotta be me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh yeah yeah there's some pretty bad stuff out there on twitter now i mean i, mean, I don't know maybe under elon musk's management or oh, i'm not at hokey farm no <laughs> <laughs> oh, give me twitter for a few days it'll be interesting oh i'm sure it will oh lord will cvs get banned <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> i'm trying to make the world a better place not a fair place that's right <laughs> That's right. Do I have, you I have read the comments that people put um, when whenever so PCMA they're so stuck to this branding campaign. They're they're, oh, they're, they're really going to the mat with this, huh? They yeah. really are. And and the funny thing is, do you remember when they first launched it? They actually said patient benefit company. They yes. got so much pushback. I was I remember when I looked, I saw that, and then I walked into same stakeholder meeting with the same people on the opposite side. And, you know, the, the lobbyist was waxing poetic about how there's this huge misunderstanding about all the things they do. And I was like, do you huh. even know that your client is currently trying to call themselves a patient benefit? Like, <laughs> Nobody is buying it, right? She just, she did what she always does. She did that like mean girls thing where she doesn't respond. And then I'm over here like, was I on mute? I mean, I'm live sitting here with all these people. But <laughs> Were you wearing sweatpants on the wrong day? <laughs> well we were all supposed to be wearing pink but apparently it was a good that's what it was yeah yeah Don't i love how they tried to pull that off and they straight up in hearings will say well our actual clients are the plans and the employers it, the patients don't actually matter and whenever mm-hmm. they get backed into a corner because that's true like that's that's how they work and so i think they realized quickly that that branding was not going to work at all yeah i think no. the 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 thunder that got rained down on their heads informed them that that was maybe not the best way. So they, in that AB testing, they were like, okay, we'll go with B pharmacy benefit company. Cause that sounds so friendly. Yeah. Well, if they're not managing anything, they can't really be a manager. And so I feel like <laughs> that, they're giving the benefit. They're giving the benefit. They don't manage the benefit. They're, giving the benefit. <laughs> well, they're, they're coming out right now and they're trying to be like, we're not just middlemen. Yeah, you fucking are. You are the definition of middlemen in all the worst context. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, oh Mark, so I have a question for you real quick. So some of the phrasing that gets thrown around in committee hearings, mm-hmm. you know, since several legislators are lawyers, so thought I'd like your opinion on this. 
they have kind of told us that using the word unfair, they feel like that makes us owners sound whiny. So <laughs> what are some phrases that our listeners could yeah, kind I of- think, I think that's true. I mean, I, 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 mean, I, I agree with you. Unfair is too broad and vague a term. It reminds me when your kid said to you, it's not fair. It's not fair. Yeah. And you always say your life's not fair. <laughs> you know, so do you go with Suck it up. <laughs> unethical onerous. Okay. Predatory. Oh, okay. predatory is one word you could use. Um, oppressive. Mm-hmm. Um, let me think. I feel like we we'd like to throw around a um, thesaurus. Hmm? Unethical. But, you know, unethical is a. Uh, a hot button issue in some states, you know, as soon as they hear that, they're like, whoa, whoa, legislator, unethical, we can't. Sorry. Uh, for you, the old fashioned one here. Right? Yeah, for anyone who's listening, Mark just pulled out an actual printed and bound thesaurus. Yeah, I'm not going to thesaurus.com. Let's, <laughs> let's see what Word we hippo. <laughs> yeah, I just want I, to I, I, I use this. Uh, Word hippo know. says. Uh, okay. Discriminatory. I love how they try to act like they're not shaving a bunch off. They're just like, no, no, we're not vampires. We're leeches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Although I always wonder if they actually have a reflection in the mirror when they are, yeah. say, washing their hands in the bathroom. Because they do not. They, yeah, they, they, do not they don't wash their hands and they don't have a, <laughs> they don't have a soul. They, they have no reflection. Absolutely not. No. The only so way to get rid the- of them is you have to actually burn them, which I tried to tell everybody. <laughs> but you got kicked off Twitter for it. Thanks a you lot. You said burn down. That was I, the problem. Just burn. I them. don't let myself drunk tweet anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I get too hyperbolic. But anyway, corrupt. Corrupt. There we go. All right. How about questionable? I use that word a lot. These are questionable practices. Uh, I like the- morally dubious. Morally dubious. Oh, I like that. It's more than questionable. Outrageous. How about outrageous? It is my legal opinion that they are acting like oh, a bunch of punk-ass bitches. <laughs> I like that one. Is that, is that in the thesaurus? No. <laughs> uh, that's, he's got an older thesaurus, so he, yeah. <laughs> that's the but, Urban Dictionary okay. thesaurus. Yeah. Uh, no, it's Roger's. The old Roger. Uh, okay, so you got uh, inexcusable, unpardonable, unjustifiable, wicked, <laughs> yeah, that that just calls to mind that defying gravity song maybe don't use that <laughs> right. um venal how about that venal uh, no. uh sounds like venereal that's like that's a <laughs> yeah. aren't there cardinal sins unjust unjustifiable inexcusable i like uh, venal. I these are all good phrases we could use instead of unfair I feel like if you go in and say unjustifiable we're just anti-competitive you could just i mean how's that mark we just say anti-competitive yeah yeah predatory and it's you know i think the end of the day what what the real message is is the antithesis of the free market we're supposed to have a free market and they're basically pulling all the levers and tying everything up so nothing's free you're not free you know for a long time you weren't free to even tell the patient you can pay six dollars cash instead of 81 dollars through your insurance company you're trying to compete on a level playing field it's not a level playing field. They're trying to drive you out of business. 
Yeah. There was a big Reddit thread about that where they were talking about the North Dakota law where they won't allow chains in. And a bunch of people who didn't know what they're talking about were just like, well, if you don't allow chains in, that's not enough competition. And competition's good. I was like, you don't understand. If the chains come in, that destroys all competition. They control the entire game. Mm-hmm. Like, whenever you mm-hmm. have more people competing, yeah, that's fine when the playing field's level. When you bring in these conglomerates, that doesn't happen. Like, I'm all for competition because that makes us better. But if I actually had a fair, like, a level playing field, I'd wipe the floor with them. Well, and then there's Most also, of us would. There's also this mm-hmm. point where you are contractually bound to not do what they're doing. You don't get yeah. to offer the same things they offer. Right. So right. You mean I don't get to commit Medicaid power. fraud? What's that? You mean I don't, have, I don't get to commit Medicaid fraud? No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that that four hundred million that they got out of New York, not yours. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just it's ridiculous because it, yeah, let's just take the case. Let's just say for the let's just say for the sake of argument that this um, system there was like a microcosm of a competitive market. They bring you all their patients, and you and everyone else in the network, including their own pharmacies, could compete for the business mm-hmm. of you know the patient. Right. The problem is that they put these contract clauses on all the other pharmacies in the network, and then you aren't allowed to offer what, so if your patient comes in and like, I'm sorry, this letter says that if I, you know, go over here to CVS, I can get A, B, and C, and you can't, you cannot say to them, well, I'll match that or I'll do better. And that's something else that I think doesn't get really clearly understood by policymakers Mm-hmm. You know, by anyone who's who's in this argument looking at it from uh, the free mm-hmm. market point of view. Right. So it's frustrating. You know, it, it's are, wrong. Are, are you talking about that the copay is higher or there are actually certain drugs? I mean, you can't do a 90-day supply, that sort of thing? Uh, any, right. Anything. They can't, they can't uh, offer. A, so let's just say CVS does a deal where they get like a 90-day supply for the cost of 60 days you know, or whatever is it. I mean, the weird thing that they're doing, and this is my example is not maybe the best, but one of the weird things that's been brought to my attention and I've seen it for myself as a patient is when you want to get a 30 day supply and it's some like wildly expensive price. And then like, you know, it's a hundred dollars and then you get a 90 day supply and it's like $10. Right. Yeah. And it doesn't make any sense because yeah. particularly if you don't need that much of the drug, right. It, it's just insane. But, but even that aside, let's say like, you know, they, they put limitations for things like delivery, like Jeremy can't deliver. We can deliver. Jeremy can't deliver. We can offer I do it anyway. <laughs> Jeremy can't come at me. Time. Trust me. I'll make it a big ordeal. <laughs> well, Jeremy may not be the best. I thought, you know I mean? well, certain, certain states have laws saying you can deliver as, you know, as an accommodation. Some so, states do. That's true. Do. But it, but it, 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 it comes down to like on a state by state basis, you, the pharmacist, it's, it's really like, what does your state allow? Because left up to the PBMs, right? So today in my hearing, I'm, I'm so annoyed by this. Today in my hearing, the one legislator on the panel who clearly wasn't listening to a single thing anyone was talking about, kept talking about, well, this is an over-regulated field. Now you're adding more regulation to over-regulation and missing the point that because there's been no regulation on this particular segment, they have been allowed to impose arbitrary rules on a state-by-state basis, which leaves... 50 states having to sort of figure this out on their own and then finding out like, like in Arkansas, finding out that your law might not be enough to protect your businesses. So Arkansas is in the process of tightening 
their ability to regulate laws that regulate health plans that originate from states outside of Arkansas. Texas is looking at a similar really? situation. Yeah. Because Arkansas right now, I'd say they're the gold standard in the country. I mean, they they, are, they've yeah. had two sets of laws and they still got to go further. Yeah, they have to tighten the ERISA. Um, and it's 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 oh, House the ERISA Bill 95. Yeah. I think it's I think it's House Bill 95. I'll I'll look that up. I, I'm over here talking off the top of my head without the benefit of my notebook. So for anyone who's listening, if you want to know about the Arkansas bill, contact me, Monique at truthrx.org, and I will put this information out. And Texas has a similar situation. And so here you are, you've got, you know, plans that you're trying to regulate. You are trying to do your best as a state to protect your patients, protect your providers, look out for the interests of the people who are insured. Then you find out, oh, this plan in our state originated in a different state. We have no jurisdiction on that. Therefore, patients have no option. Providers have no option. Why? Because that is what these guys do. And it's just this patchwork of laws that may or may not protect patients, protect providers. And while I'm on my soapbox before I fall off, (laughs) I just want to say, I'm so frustrated every time I've ever had a conversation, it doesn't matter what the state is, there's always somebody who makes it sound like standing up for providers' rights is somehow dirty. Like I've introduced like something like a pornographic reference or something. They're so (laughs) offended by this thought that a provider, the, the person who is providing care or providing medication might somehow have rights in this whole transaction you know, with the PBMs, it's so frustrating to me. And I just like to say, if any lawmakers are listening, there's nothing dirty about providers needing to be protected too. It's not this, you know, 1960s world anymore. They all think mm-hmm. we make money hand over fist and we don't anymore. That's not how that mm-hmm. works. No, it, it's really, it's really, really. So, so again, go, kind of going back to that pharmacy that, that we were talking to the owner. So I don't want to give too much information away because I want to protect her identity, but she's got, she's got the oldest pharmacy in her state. And wow. she, she purchased it. This thing has been around since the 1890s and she no. purchased it. She's barely scraping by. She has done everything she can to try to right the wrongs and fix this system. And she, she can't, she's limited by what she can do because of all of the ways that these massive, massive corporations have been able to manipulate the laws. And I know everyone thinks, oh, special interest money, blah, blah, blah. And there, there probably is something to that. But I, I just think that until we deal with the reality about insurance is not our friend, they've indoctrinated us into this idea that insurance is our friend. Until we get over that idea, we're going to be stuck in the cycle. And it's going to be a deal where patients are told, oh, you got a problem? Take it up with your health insurance plan. Who owns your doctor? Who owns mm-hmm. your pharmacy? Who owns your hospital? <laughs> right, right, yeah. right. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Well, Mark, what's next up now that you won that? Well, God, oh God. I feel like that's the question at the end of the Super Bowl. You've won the Super yeah. Bowl. What well, are you we're, do now? <laughs> I have an argument in Wisconsin tomorrow. We have seventy-four pharmacies in that case. But excellent judge, really engaged. I uh, had a two-hour uh, argument last time. Asked for more briefing. I sent him this opinion. He now says I want to talk about this opinion. So I have that tomorrow. So cautiously optimistic there uh, in California. The case will go back to Alameda County. We'll start getting discovery in Illinois. Still waiting for the Illinois uh, Appellate Court, but we have a hearing on March 30th to move that case forward. We just got to get a case up to trial. 
one of these places has got to get a case up to trial and threaten to expose them to the world and let yep. the world mm-hmm. see what the hell is going on. I've learned some astonishing things, but I can't share them in a public forum. It's under a confidentiality order. Mark, how do people get in touch with you if they wanted to get in on what? what uh, well, just email, you know, you can call me. I give out my cell phone, 215-266-5717, or just email me. The easiest email is mark, M-A-R-K, at cookerlaw, C-U-K-E-R-L-A-W.com. And I do get back to people quickly. That's great. Yeah, and thank you again for everything you're doing. It's It's exciting. It's been a slow process. Thank you for what you guys are doing. Thank you for getting the word out about this opinion. You get a tremendous job. I got, it showed up everywhere. So you really, you were really firing on all cylinders. Yay. (laughs) We were excited when that that came through. It was like, hey, everybody, we just want to let you know, we've we've seen a win here and and it's a very big deal. We appreciate that you timed it for St. Patrick's Day. Oh, that's right. (laughs) That was very thoughtful. Are you, are you Irish, Shannon? This is partially way back anybody with there. shannon as a first name is a good 50 chance they're irish right? yeah you know what i i am it turns out my family is very very irish except for the part where we're very very scottish um, does anyone else have this with like your dna profile if you've done the like 23 and me or whatever mine there's like this competition it's always switching either it's always like either you're more scottish or you're more irish but it's always by one percent and i'm sort of really? like all the british isles really? I don't know if anyone else is having an experience, but every time I log in, which isn't admittedly that often, it switches. It's different. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. I did anyone else feel like when you were watching everything everywhere all at once, that that was basically defining your life, no matter what, even the part with the weird, long hot dog fingers. I'm not watching it. I I had a lot. I I actually fell asleep watching that movie. I couldn't follow follow it after the first half hour. I I mean, it was like, I'm not like the world's best student of the metaverse. I'm a little over all of that kind of stuff. But when I was watching, I'm like, this just feels like my life every single day. And there were these sequences where I was like, this is, well, yeah, because I feel a lot of times like everything's coming at me everywhere. all Like no matter what you do, like you think you're like, okay, I think I got it under control. Things are going great. Yeah. And then you get jerked into something and you're like, oh God, here I am. I'm at, you know battle with insert thing here mm-hmm. usually though and i'm just gonna say it's because of the pbms mostly my life <laughs> a good life except for the part where 18 hours a day i'm eating drinking sleeping thinking about all of the stuff that all of us are doing because once you see what's happened i don't know if mark if you have this experience but like once you see what's happening it's hard to unsee it it's hard to mm-hmm. not yeah. Yeah. Walk away from it. I mean, I remember yeah. when Shannon, and I, Shannon, like actually got it faster than I did. It took me several months when I first started with Pet to really get it. And then when I did, I was, I was mad. I, I, I was like determined I was going to do something. Uh, Shannon, you, you and I don't even working together, maybe at most a couple of weeks at most. And you were like, you got it that fast. And we're like, just up to speed and already like you know, throwing shots across the bow and just really doing this amazing work. And that was where I was like, I've met my work soulmate. And she <laughs> gets it. She gets it. And, and, and we've just not stopped since then. So again, everybody join putt, keep Shannon and I. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> if you're an independent pharmacist. You really need to be in putt like you need oxygen to, to breathe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thank you for saying that. We, 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 uh, we're the gorilla fighters you know, really, of pharmacy. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah, we are. 
we talk about the things that are it's that other organizations have a hard time talking about. Um, the American Pharmacists Association is having its annual meeting in Phoenix. I want to say this weekend or maybe next weekend. And I was looking at the agenda and there's absolutely nothing wrong with the agenda they have. It's really, really good. It's lots of clinical work and lots of continuing edu education credits and stuff. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot. I don't remember seeing anything actually on pharmacy benefit managers or the threats that are out there. And I feel like that's the, the gaping hole in the industry that we have to yeah. be able to deal with. Well, their problem, but CVS is a, you know, all the CVS pharmacists belong to that organization. Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure. You know, that's the, that's their problem. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's, you know, the I, California pharmacy, is a, they've told me that they can't take a real hard line on this for that reason too, that all their pharmacists are members, including pharmacists of the chains. So, which is, sad, which is why NADAC right. is now taking a hard line because CVS dropped out of NADAC. So is now coming out against pharmacy benefit managers because CVS is no longer with them. Wow. Wow. Um, you know, and, and CVS is like, I think probably the only corporation out there that can afford to undercut its pharmacies at the point where it's dangerous to patients, dangerous to the workers there, dangerous to the pharmacy yeah. workers and yeah. dangerous to the patients. They can afford to undercut them and make it look like they're making no money. Like, oh, us too, we're so, it's the troublemakers, yep. us too, we're so poor. Meanwhile- Poor pitiful uh, cookies. It's just, it's I, so I don't know, just where it's like, why can nobody see this? But then why can't- Dad, nobody... vampire panda. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now that we are coming to the end of our drinks and our happy hour time together, Mark, thank you so much for being with us tonight. It is always a pleasure to spend time with you, always. Whether Same we're on here and thanks. Thanks for everything you folks do. You guys remind me why I do what I do. So. And everyone raise a glass Mark. to Rockstar Mark. Yes, raise hey, a glass. Well done, sir. Thank you. Thank you so much. Be, but here's to many more media. victories for independent pharmacies. More right? to come. Here's to yes. More to come. Yes, yes. Beautiful. And then the last thing I would like to say, and then I'll turn it over to Jeremy and Lauren for final words, is uh, for anyone who's listening, this is not an exclusive happy hour. Anyone who hates PBMs can join our PBM on the Rocks anytime they want. And if you are interested in being on PBM on the Rocks with us, simply let Shannon or myself know. You can reach me at Monique at TruthRx.org or Shannon at Shannon at TruthRx.org. We have very difficult emails. Unless you've argued with me on Twitter. <laughs> or yes, or tag us on Twitter. At yes, that Rx. is true. We're happy to have you. All right, Lord Dr. Jeremy, any last words for you? Fuck PBMs. Those well, are good last words. I'm a well, simple sorry. man. <laughs> <laughs> a man of few words. Two. <laughs> Vice President Lauren Young, any last words for you? I mean, Jeremy really said it all. That's why I should have gone before Jeremy. We all knew what he was going to say, but totally agree. Mark, thank you so much for joining us. It's so refreshing to hear from you and uh, get an update. And again, if you haven't joined the punch lawsuit, get in touch with Mark's law firm, get in touch with Putt. Just this is an easy way to advocate for your store Absolutely. and we get do the, the word out. Yeah. You just, so. you just give us some information. We do the heavy work. We'll do Help we us punch them in the mouth. That we don't do. 
<laughs> we'll take that on Jeremy. Figuratively. <laughs> Twitter, figuratively. <laughs> Don't tweet that. Don't tweet that. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on Figure. Okay. Thank you. Cheers. Good evening. To learn more about Pharmacist United for Truth and Transparency and how you can help fight CDM abuse of our healthcare system, visit our website at truthrx.org.